We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the 34th episode of Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Morley, joined by my co-host, Ross Uglum. One great thing, Ross, about this podcast is we do not get any of our takes from limo drivers. We stick strictly to Uber. I think limos are a little bit tacky. Ross, I don't know if you have a take on that. I haven't been in a limo since my high school prom. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We. It's been quite the uh, quite the little run for cab drivers, limo drivers, lots of uh, inside information getting getting thrown around. So uh, exciting stuff, certainly. Uh, whether there's a a limo going to Detroit, a limo running through Green Bay, parked outside the stadium. I, I uh, saw that too. The you know being being that close to Lambeau Field does have some of its benefits you know like you see a limo park there at what was it like 11 o'clock at night or something silly like that yeah exactly I, you know silly season really doesn't end until the season starts 100% 100% well Ross let's jump right into this today you know yesterday on on the podcast Andy really did a good job of doing a review of the the Morrison trade so we don't need to dive into that too much 
I think one thing that we that is interesting to talk about though is not necessarily what Morrison's role is going to be, but how does this affect guys like your Greer Martinis and your and your Anthony Tom or uh, Ahmad Thomas's, excuse me, because you know they went from two guys that pretty much were going to make this roster, as so it would seem to, you know, now it wouldn't be surprising at all to see one of those guys go. And if one of them went, I would I would assume it would be Martini, just because his skill set seems to be very similar to a uh, Morrison. What do you think about that, Ross? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you have a pretty obvious spot there where Morgan Burnett left. They're going to, you know, drop Oren Burks right into that role. You would have thought kind of coming into the season that maybe Josh Jones uh, ends up in that role, but it it really looks like they're going to use Burks. And then the obvious, I think, backup for Burks – who I guess would have been a backup linebacker uh, in that Joe Thomas, Morgan Burnett type of role would pretty obviously be a Mod Thomas. And so the, the big backer, the one that they're not going to really trust in pass coverage, uh, the one that they just kind of want to take on, on centers and guards and, and muck things up in the run game, hit, go downhill, the Jake Ryan role, if you will, I thought could have been filled by Greer Martini but Morrison is a, you know, a mid-round draft pick as opposed to a UDFA, a guy that played 800 snaps a season ago for the Colts. So you really have to think uh, that if they don't keep five inside linebackers, it's going to be Martini that doesn't make the club and is a priority practice squad guy and probably not Ahmad Thomas. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. And I, I like Ahmad Thomas quite a bit in that role. And I think they kind of put the blueprint right out, right in our face because, you know, when, when Burks went down, they essentially played Martini on first and second downs. And then Ahmad Thomas kind of came in on obvious passing downs, which is what I would figure they would do if, you know, Burks was gone for a long period of time. Luckily, it, it looks like his shoulder injury is not that severe. He should be back. I don't think they've given us a timetable yet, but, you know, hopefully he's not going to miss a big chunk of the season or if, if any part of the season at all, because he's, you know, he's been really, really promising. Those first three picks by Goody look so far so good. I mean, really, and and that um, really leads us into what I want to talk about today. As we approach the season, you know, we can start talking about guys and how they're going to produce. And so, Ross, I want to play a little game of over under with you where I'm just going to throw out a stat line. And I want just to hear your take on whether or not you think that particular player is going to, you know, perform above that or below that. I mean, we actually put that out there on Twitter today. A lot of really good responses from you all by uh, participating in that. So appreciate you guys participating in that. Um, and if you follow along, you're going to know what I'm about to talk about. So really, the players I wanted to focus on were either newcomers or younger players, people that we don't have as good of a feel about. And then obviously some some older guys that are just always going to put up numbers. It just kind of depends how much and where and when. So the first one I wanted to get to was first-round pick Jair Alexander. And I set the over-under at 3.5 interceptions. And this one was actually really close. And, Ross, I want to hear what your take is on that first, though. I would go over. I think – you know, for, for Jair, you're probably going to be looking at a thousand snaps. I think if he stays healthy, that's going to be a guy that plays a lot and interceptions are kind of his deal. Josh Jackson, obviously more so than Jair, but Josh Jackson is sort of a, 
a freak of nature in that way. But Jair is he's 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 a he's a ball skills guy too. And if he's gonna get that many snaps, I really think an interception once every four games is is realistic. I yeah, I, that's a good way of breaking it down too. And we saw the skills on display last week. The interception he made in the third, second quarter was—I mean, that's that's a special—that's a special interception. That's not—he wasn't cherry picking. He went, he earned that that interception. Same with Josh Jackson, the same game that got called back. But so two guys that I think are going to be really exciting. I also would take the over on that. But Twitter was really close on this. Actually, fifty-six percent of you voted on the over, while obviously forty-four percent went under. So, pretty split on that. I think three point five is a pretty solid line on that. But um, we'll see. I, I would say over, and just I mean, it's been, he's already kind of put it on display. So we'll see, though. It's a, a lot can happen. They're pretty deep at the cornerback position too. He's also got to stay healthy. The next question I had were two two veteran guys. And I just wanted to to ask who's going to have more receiving touchdowns this year with the, you know, with Jimmy Graham coming in, he might, you know, hawk some of those touchdowns away from Devontae Adams of, of course, we know in the last two seasons, Devontae Adams leads the NFL in touchdown catches with, is it 22 Ross? Does that sound right? Yes, I think it does. Yep. Cause he had a, he had a 14 touchdown season for sure. Yeah, so we'll just say it's 22. I'm almost positive that's right. This one wasn't as close. I'll jump in on this one first. I actually, was, I'm going to say I think Jimmy Graham is going to have a really big year. I think he is going to be a, a huge red zone threat. And even though Devontae Adams has been that guy in the past, I just really feel like Mike McCarthy has stated in the past, the quickest way to the end zone is the middle of the field. McCarthy loves tight ends. And I think McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, even though they maybe not don't have the best relationship at times, Aaron Rodgers is very much an extension of the way Mike McCarthy thinks. And so that's that's kind of my reasoning of why I do think Jimmy Graham is going to lead the team in touchdown catches this year. Ross, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I actually agree on that. And it doesn't look like we are in agreement with the, the listeners or at least with the Twitter voters because we think, you know, that, that maybe – he's or will be Graham as opposed to Devante. Devante has been such an excellent red zone guy, but I, I really do see Graham being that guy. I think you could really see Devante regress towards that eight touchdown mark. And I will just be absolutely flabbergasted if Rogers isn't in the forties, if he stays healthy, of course, I think Rogers will be in the forties as far as touchdowns are concerned. And if 10 or 12 of those don't go to Jimmy, man, I'd, I'd be really surprised. When you saw it, you know, in week two of the preseason where Rodgers can just drop back and throw the ball, just throw it high, throw it high, high and, and hard. And Jimmy's going to go get it. And we, the last time, you know, he's never like you could say Finley was kind of that guy, but Finley still was even different than Graham. Graham is so much more of a box out type player. So I think he's really going to excel in that role. I, I mean, going with Devonte Adams, too. I mean, that's not a bad you know, he's, he's been our guy. Fans are going to really like Devontae. Uh, and he's obviously led the league in touchdowns the last couple of years. So Devontae Adams ended up winning that vote. He won with 65% of Twitter thought Devontae Adams will. 35% went with Jimmy Graham. So that was a fun one. This other one, this is the closest one that there was. And it, this one is our your boy, Josh Jackson. And I set the over-under at 4.5. And my thought process behind that with going higher for Josh Jackson was he's already – he, he, he's shown it in college. 
And he's already shown those same exact skills in the NFL. Obviously, preseason is not the regular season. I get that. But just seeing what I've seen, I just think he's he's such a ball hawk, and he's already proven it in the NFL, even if it's just against backup guys. So he's your boy, Ross. I'll let you take the, the floor on this one first. This will actually kind of surprise the heck out of people. I'm going to take the under. And the reason for that is that I – I'm not convinced he's going to play a ton on defense unless somebody gets hurt. I think it'll be like a lot of situations are with the Packers where they start with the veterans ahead. And then by like week six, they just can't keep Josh Jackson off the field. But if you're going to tell me that he's not going to play right away, it's so hard to just put him in the bank for five picks. Uh, the, the, the starters, I think today, at nickel were Devon Tremont and Alexander. So if kind of a group, or maybe it was King, I think it was maybe King Devon and Alexander with Tremont maybe playing some safety. But if, if they really believe that, you know, Jackson is their sixth defensive back, because, you know, you talk about haha certainly, then you have to really worry about where he might find enough playing time to, you know, kind of justify a five six interception projection yeah that's a lot i mean that's a lot of picks and to kind of veer away from the conversation a little bit you mentioned tremont williams playing safety i called it a hot take today you called it more of like a lukewarm take but actually i had like four or five people telling me that tremont williams will never play safety in this and he and uh, someone even said, why would we take him away from a position he's been successful at for 11 years to put at safety? And it's 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 tough to argue with people sometimes. But Jermon Williams has played safety before in the past and talked to guys like Rod Woodson and Charles Woodson. Sometimes those corners uh, can prolong their career by playing safety. And especially when you want to get your best athletes on the field and you can't sit here and tell me that you think Kentrell Bryce is a better defensive back than Tremont Williams. That's kind of my thought process. We don't need to talk about that too much. We'll talk more about Josh Jackson. But did you have any thoughts on Tremont playing safety? Because you did call it just a warm take. So that's probably something that you've been mulling over for a while. Yeah, I mean, he was effective as safety. He profiles as a safety in a taller corner with excellent ball skills, decent athleticism. You know, haha is better kind of around the line of scrimmage, mixing it up a little bit, then playing 60 yards off the ball like it seems sometime. Maybe that's the, the, the best way to go. And and your uh, your best five, you know, might be King, Tremont, and, and uh, you know, or excuse me, King, Jair, and Jackson at corner with Tremont and HaHa at safety. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a nickel group. I mean, it really does remove that question mark of of uh, strong safety being, you know, is it is it Cantrell? Is it uh, Josh Jackson? If you're not really comfortable in those guys, and there there are reasons to not be comfortable in those guys, maybe you just want to try and get your best five on the field. And I think that there's a pretty decent chance that those are your best five. Yeah, I agree 100%. Actually, what made me start thinking about that too really hard was listening to Andy talk about his surprise cuts yesterday and just talking about, you know, he we you know, he thinks Kentrell Bryce is gonna be on this team, but if there were to be a surprise cut, just kind of going with the mindset of guys in the past that they've kind of thrown out there and just said, Hey, we're gonna give you all this opportunity and see what you do with it. And if they don't do anything with it, 
you see him get cut. Uh, MD, uh, what was his name? MD Jennings, that safety they had a few. He was kind of that similar to that where they really gave him the reins and he just never took it um, and ended up cut after a couple of years. So I could see, you know, that wouldn't so- shock me with, with Kentrell Bryce either, uh, going back to Andy's take. But um, we'll see. That's going to be really interesting how that plays out. My my take on Josh Jackson is very similar to yours as Ross, so I won't get into it too much. But five interceptions is a lot for for anyone. Josh Jackson has proven that he has those types of ball skills, but 100% agree with you. I just don't think he's going to see the field a ton right away, which is a good problem to have because he's, uh, he's a hell of a talented player, but that's a lot of picks. So I went with the under on that too. The Twitter world actually agrees with us, but barely. So 48% said over and 52% said under on that one. So that's going to be a really interesting one to follow um, as this season uh, progresses. The next one, someone, you know, someone made a good point on this. And I think I said, I also think I set this one too high for Oren Burks at 80 and a half tackles. Uh, just because someone was like, you know, looking at Josh Jones this season last year as a rookie might be something where you'd want to start that at. And I, was, I thought that was a really good point. But I set the I set the bar at 80 and a half tackles for Oren Burks. Obviously, he's dinged up right now, too. So that plays a factor. Let's just assume that he's healthy week one. Ross, 80 ish tackles for Oren Burks. Do you think that's attainable for him in his rookie year? I'm going to go under. I think you're probably looking at Martinez and Morrison or Martinez and Martini on first down. And if that's the case, then you're talking about sub-package linebacker. I just think if you're pretty exclusively playing nickel and dime linebacker, you're just not going to be that high as far as your tackle total. Yeah. And, you know, Oren Burks is a guy that is oozing with talent. And I think that's been clearly evident in his first couple of games that he's played. But he's still a guy that struggles when people get their hands on him. So kind of looking at a Joe Thomas type role for him, now, I think he's going to be better than Joe Thomas in that role, uh, I hope. But uh, that's kind of, I think, the vein that they're going to use him in. So Twitter actually said 22% thought over on that and 78% thought under. So uh, I think they both, everyone, everyone's in agreement on that. And anything over 80 tackles, we'd all be pretty, pretty pleasantly surprised. Uh, next one, this was a really close one, too. And this is kind of a, a second-year guy that I think a lot of people are excited about maybe not really sure how much he's going to play, which is also another really good problem to have, but it's Montrevious Adams. And I set the line at three and a half sacks for him. I'm going to jump in right away. I, I think he has the potential to be over on this. So I would pick the over and that would be an excellent, such a huge development for the Green Bay Packers. If Montrevious Adams could provide some, you know, consistent interior pass rush. Some reasons I think you might want to vote under as well as because how is he going to get on the field? You know, Kenny Clark really came on last year uh, towards the end of last season as far as in the pass rush game. You know, Mike Daniels is clearly a very effective pass rusher, and so is so is Muhammad Wilkerson. So at, you know, at what level is he going to be in the rotation getting in? Another thing he struggled with is is also finishing is what it looks like so far. But I think he he has been so disruptive in his limited snaps that – I really think he's going to carve out some kind of niche that he's going to be able to play consistently enough to get to get you four to five sacks this year. Um, I might be kind of optimistic on that, but that's going to be my one thing that I will say I really think he can do, and I and I, and I hope he can. Ross, what do you think? I'm going to stick with the under just because of playing time. That's a huge development, man. If if he is, you know, not a double digit sack, obviously, but 
if he if he's four or five sacks, that is really being disruptive. I just I love how he moves. I think he he adds something different. And if and if it is anything different, I just think his get off is just better than anyone else's on the team, which is saying a lot because they have a lot of really, really athletic interior linemen. Kind of just thoughts on the game last week. I know it gets broken down so much. So uh, we'll kind of keep this to a short segment. Some of the things that really stood out to me that I think we can get excited about is obviously it was a tough game to watch, just kind of carrying, just trying to watch these backup offensive linemen. And it's been said, but there is such a deficiency at offensive line in the NFL that you see it every preseason when these quarterbacks come out and, you know, these these coaches will come out and say, basically, you know, we could, we couldn't even get a look at our quarterback. And that's kind of the case for this last Friday was, it was hard to get a read on really anyone. So some of the guys I wanted to talk about were really just the young playmakers on defense. And we kind of talked about this already a little bit with Jackson and Alexander, but both those guys made incredible plays. And I talked about their, their plays that they, that are earned. And there are interceptions that are very much earned, and there are interceptions that are very much given to you. Um, and an example of that would be is two players that actually play for the Packers. You know, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, he kind of makes the plays that are there, right? He he'll catch the ball, he'll he'll he's there when the ball is overthrown, but you don't see him going out and earning his interceptions as much as some other safeties in the league. Say a say a Nick Collins when he was in Green Bay. You know, that's a guy that I think he you know, he had that rare turnover ability that the ball just was kind of, you know, his, his hands were like magnets. He just would get his hands on a ton of footballs. There's one interception that he had when the second year Brett Favre came back and he just, you know, straight up jumped over a guy and, and intercepts a ball. Like that's something you don't see HaHa do very much, but that's something that I think you see these young corners have the potential to do is go out there and make plays on the ball and really you know enforce their will in the passing game. So that's something that I left the game. That was my biggest takeaway as far as things that I'm excited about. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, I think you know what you see with these guys is exactly what's needed on the cornerback spot because the the way that Mike Petton runs his defense is very similar to way that you know I think Mike Zimmer kind of runs his defense and and it's they want you to punt, you know, and and Capers wanted to turn you over. And these guys want you to punt, and it's a different strategy. It's a different scheme. So it's more about affecting the quarterback, disrupting the quarterback. And then the defenders are really given, I think, more individual responsibility to create turnovers, which, frankly, is fine and has been a successful strategy for Patton over the years. And we have really talented Darrell Rivas and good grief, I'm not telling you Josh Jackson or – Jair Alexander is Darrell Rivas, but you He's need probably, those probably guys. Both better, right? Yeah, exactly. are you trying to say <laughs> these guys are going to have to make individual plays on the ball because Petten isn't going to play a bunch of cover two trap or or play cover one robber trying to you know snag these these picks out of scheme. It's going to be individually great plays that are going to produce turnovers in this defense, which is fine because. More three and outs are, are good. Less scary deaths by three-man rush on third and 17 are, are good. But the turnovers are going to come because of individual talent. I agree. I agree. And that's what I think is going to be exciting with these guys as they develop. And someone that we don't even talk about is Kevin King, who 
you know, by all accounts has had a great camp when he's healthy, if he's healthy, but that could be a hell of a, th- a trio uh, that the Packers could have really and really turn that cornerback room around in a, in a very short amount of time. And it's looking, you know, a lot can happen, but it's looking like it's it's trending in that direction. So um, I don't really have any other takes on the game from last week other than I'm ready for regular season. I know this game in my backyard in Kansas City is going to be here on Thursday, which I'll actually be at. But even so, it's just kind of one of those things I almost feel like I go to out of obligation just because my team's in town. And it's not really – it's really – I've been to the last couple of times when the Chiefs have been – or when the – excuse me, when the Packers have been playing at Arrowhead. And it's just, you know, you, you get to watch the, you know, the backups. And it'll be more interesting this year with, you know, with Kaiser, Hunley, all that stuff. But uh, but other than that, I'm really just – I'm excited for week one, man. This – once again, my name is Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley with my co-host Ross Uglum. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. If you want, um, you you may have noticed that a lot of us Pack-A-Day people have been retweeting a really neat print. It's a, it's a local artist, I believe, that has used every single name of Green Bay Packers since their first team to 2018, which was their 100-year uh, anniversary, obviously. So... What you need to do to to get your chance to win that to excuse me to win that print is you need to follow Pack a Day podcast and retweet. It's really cool. It's got every single like I said every single name on it, and then it's basically makes Lambeau Field. I'm not an artist, so I'm like I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this, but I will just tell you this: if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Give Pack a Day podcast a follow and uh, give yourself a chance to win that. Ross and I will be back in, I believe, my limo driver told us in a couple Tuesdays. So make sure you you uh, keep an eye out for that. Other than that, we are out of topics, and we will catch you next time. Have a great weekend. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over against the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Goes! 30, turns up field, 25, cutting right to the 20. Starks to his left. Now he moves Starks to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high point and it caught. It is caught for a touchdown. Yes! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.